mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com and definitely check out those shows as well. Justine Bateman is the author of Face, One Square Foot of Skin. 
Justine is a writer, director, producer with an impressive decades-long resume in film and TV that includes a Golden Globe nomination and two Emmy nominations. Bateman wrote and produced her directorial film short debut, Five Minutes, which premiered at the 2017 Toronto Film Festival and was chosen by seven more festivals, including the 2018 Tribeca Film Festival. Violet, Bateman's critically acclaimed directorial feature film debut of her own script, stars Livia Munn, Luke Bracey, and Justin Theroux, and was an official selection at the 2021 South by Southwest Film Festival and the 2021 Toronto Film Festival. Her best-selling first book, Fame, The Hijacking of Reality, was published in 2018 by Akashic. Face One Square Foot of Skin is her latest work. And you may know Justine as one of the stars of the old sitcom Family Ties. Welcome, Justine. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss the paperback launch of Face, One Square Foot of Skin. Thank you. Okay. Why write Face and why did you choose to do it with this series of vignettes about different people, different people's experiences? And how did you come up with this whole concept? Sure. Well, when I was writing my first book, Fame, The Hijacking of Reality, which is about the life cycle of fame, if people are interested in that, uh, from a sociological standpoint and also from experience, because I was very famous years ago. So for part of that research, I was Googling my name. I wanted to look something up and the autocomplete was looks old. And at the time I was, this was, um, 14, 16 years ago. So I didn't yet, I didn't yet have like this or, so I, I was like, really? I was like 40, 42. Anyway, there were so many of them and just one of me. So I made a very big mistake of making them right and me wrong. And it really, it affected me more deeply and for a longer period of time than I ever could have expected it to. But so I had to, like I do with anything that pushes my buttons, I had to figure out what my, what my core fear was about it. What, you know, oh, if people think I look old, then therefore, like, what was the completion of that sentence for me? Because I knew that that was really the problem, not this skin on my face. I knew that the underlying fear was. So I wanted to get rid of that because that's basically my life's goal is to get rid of all my buttons. So anybody can say anything, do anything to me. And I'll just, it'll be like the, the adults in the peanuts cartoon, you know, wah, 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 wah. I won't even understand what they're saying. (laughs) Do you think that that is even possible? Like, are there people who don't have buttons to push? Uh, well, I have I have eliminated an enormous number of buttons by doing this. Wow. Absolutely. 100%. And honestly, I don't think someone can really become themselves until they eliminate a majority of their buttons. I just don't. Because otherwise you are people-pleasing to varying degrees. But because you're acting out of... Uh, I mean, I know for myself, I, I was acting out of fear. I make a decision based in fear, which is what Violet's about. The film I did, uh, wrote and direct and produced with uh, Olivia Munn, starring Olivia Munn, Justin Theroux, if you want to check that out. <laughs> so, yeah. So once I, I got through what was my underlying fear with regards to my face, <laughs> looking older, people just saying it looked older, whether or not it looked older at the time. I then started thinking about society as a whole, like ha- what underlying fears do we hold as a group? that are supporting this idea that women's faces are broken and have to be fixed. And at any age, like a woman at any age now, it's assumed that their face is broken and has to be fixed. So that's what the book is about. It gets into some of the possible reasons why somebody has unconsciously, consciously or unconsciously adopted a fear 
um, about their their face changing that then caused them to, you know, walk around in shame and eliminate sort of pursuing opportunities that are coming their way. Like, oh, I can't because I'm older, you know, that kind of thinking. Yeah. So, you know, something as simple as um, maybe for somebody, it's that all the fairy tales, they, not all of them, but most of the fairy tales that they read as a kid, the villain is an old woman. Now I'm not advocating that fairy tales go away, not at all, but I'm, I'm saying for somebody like, could that be the reason you unconsciously adopted that idea? So now when you start looking older, somewhere in your mind, you're going, oh, wow, now I'm the villain. And I don't want people to think I'm the villain. So I must, I must change my face. Perhaps that's true for somebody, you know? So that's what the the book goes into. And it's based on my experiences and feelings on the topic and those of about 20 people I interviewed. Have you thought about doing like an accompaniment called hair? Because I'm sort of in like this fact finding <laughs> now that I have to spend all this time covering up all my gray hair. It's like a, anyone I meet who has oh. all white hair, I'm like, okay, tell me about that. Like, why did you decide to oh. let your hair go gray? You know, because it's an, I think it's a corollary on this, right? Because it, it it shows your age. There are ways yeah. you disguise your age and ways you don't. But do you follow um, on Instagram Mayan Zilberman? No. Mayan Zilberman. She has the most, she's in her forties, I guess. And she's had gray hair for a long time, but it's like silver. It's so cool. I mean, I mean, I love, I love my gray hair because I think it looks like, it looks like I had, like I had little silver pieces woven into my hair. I think it looks rad. (laughs) Well, anyway, I won't go into that. I I have a whole plan for uh, the layers of color I would have in my hair if my hair went all, all gray. Like, well, I mean, I can't do it yet, but if it went all gray, like I have this plan, you know, what color I would have, like the tips and this section and stuff. And I I think it looks cool, but I mean, that's, you know, if somebody doesn't think that, then isn't that something for them to look at? Like what, what's underneath that? That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at. What's underneath that. And then whether or not they dye their hair, whatever, but it's an opportunity to get rid of a fear that may be driving other decisions in your life that you may or may not actually want to be taking. I mean, I feel like part of it is like just this age old fear of mortality itself, right? Maybe. I don't don't know. know. I don't, what are you closer to death right now than you were at 20? Do you actually know that though? You don't. Because people die at 20 all the time. You could have been hit by a car at 20 and died, or you could live to be 95 years old. You don't know. You're right. So I, I always say there's two ages, dead and alive. Yeah. No, I just meant I thought maybe that was like the root. Not not to it say I, mean, right. I feel like I feel like any day could be my last. I live every day like I've had so, a lot of people die very suddenly. So I'm like, okay, well, I made it through today. That was good. Let's see how tomorrow goes. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. That could be the reason for somebody. And if that is, then that's something to sort of write about, journal about, and go like. Why, what, how is it serving me to hold on to that idea? Like we don't hold on to ideas or fears unless some part of us feels like it's serving us. And for me, oftentimes I find it's, it's an irrational reason. It's an irrational rationale, (laughs) but I need to like, and and I find that in writing it or saying it out loud to somebody, it allows it to begin to um, erode just by virtue of having broken it open, you know? 
Totally. I feel like I felt the worst for Donna in all of these stories who went back to her high school reunion and had so many people like talk, be so nice and like falling all over her. And then of course, as soon as she was somewhere else and thinking that she was in the bathroom or whatever, and so overhearing guys talking about her, girls talking about her. And then of course, turning around and being nice again, it's the worst. It's well, let me tell you about that one. Okay. For anyone who hasn't read it yet, this is a story about a woman who's like very famous, like Julia Roberts level famous and goes back to her high school reunion. And yeah, like Zibby said, they, they, uh, they're they like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. This is amazing. And then she goes to go to the restroom and on her way to the restroom, she hears some guys talking, you know, in the hall in the lo- by lockers and, and she kind of smiles like she thinks they're kind of talking about her. And then she realizes that they're, they're like tearing her face apart. And she starts feeling very panicky and then goes into the bathroom and goes into stall and like is gathering herself. And uh, and then some women come into the bathroom. They don't know she's in there. And they are at the sink having a conversation about her face. All the dialogue of what the men say in the hallway and what the women say in the bathroom is cut and paste from message boards where people were talking about my face. Stop it. Seriously? Cut and paste. Yeah. Cut and paste. Yeah. So that's what, if, if anybody's curious what people are saying about my face, <laughs> that the Donna story is exact, is, ex, is exactly that was, those were conversations about Justine Bateman's face. One was from like a mommy. I discerned it was sort of a mommy blog kind of place. And the other was from a sports related site. So I assume it's all guys. Maybe it's not, but I can assume that I think. Isn't it crazy how much people care about your face or that everybody would take that there would be all these message blogs even about about it yeah i mean it's something i think they should talk to their therapists about it's kind of weird so is the comment that happens at the end where donna sort of retaliates and like says is that what you wish you'd said to the people in the message boards oh i guess it would be fun to but the thing about that is you sure say a lot of things online that you wouldn't say to somebody's face True. No, but you know what? I don't care. No, I think what I would say to them is just like, I feel really bad for you because I know that's what you say to yourself when you look in the mirror. Mm. I mean, in all truth, like not as a, not as a clapback or bullshit, whatever, but, but honestly, if somebody, you will respond to people in the same way you respond to yourself. Yes. There's a lot of of projection. Someone, yeah. If someone's criticizing anything of not anything about me. If someone was like giving like an honest, insightful critique of, you know, my writing or my films, maybe there's something in there. But I mean, I mean, if something's just, if someone's just being, you know, critical with no basis, then they're just telling me about themselves. They're not telling me anything about me. So true. I feel like they should, they should teach kids that, you know, yeah. like let's start early here. <laughs> yeah. You tell the kids. They're telling you about themselves. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, I don't know. When you tell someone you're getting divorced or something like that and everyone's reaction, it's just like a Rorschach test for their own feelings about their own marriage. If you want to know how everybody feels about their own marriage, tell them you're getting divorced and you will find out some really interesting things. Just throwing, okay. it, out, just throwing it out there. <laughs> an example. No, like the people who start like sobbing. You're... You know, oh. Some people just like burst into tears. Many people, people who- Because they're afraid that that's going to happen to them next or something or what? What do you they, mean? Or they wish, or they feel so trapped. They feel so trapped that like it just reflects on what they wish they could do. 
You know what I mean? Or like, uh, versus other uh, people who are like, oh yeah? How do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, it, just, it just says so much. I don't know. Interesting. It'll be your next little experiment. I don't even know why we're talking about this, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I read Face and then, I, and I have the book, obviously it's in my hand, but Fame, I didn't have the physical copy. So I was wearing my reading glasses, hashtag aging again. And I was wearing my glasses. I think so. I, anyway, I, I'm, I think like hashtag I look bitchin'. Okay. Hashtag I look bitchin'. But anyway, I was wearing my reading glasses and downloading it on my phone. And it was so funny because it says face not recognized. And I was like, this is so perfect. <laughs> you know how like you couldn't, you couldn't, they couldn't see my eyes. So all of our changing faces, it's uh. I, I think how everybody's handling aging, which happens to everybody, is one of the more fascinating things. So I love how you really do a deep dive. And even the men, right? The one, the essay you had in face about uh, the, the like pot-bellied, thin, ha- thinning hair, like oh, yeah. an attractive man being like, oh yeah, like I wouldn't even do her anymore. And you're like, like she would do you? Like what on earth? Why do you think you have that choice all the time? But that's, you know, I look at, you know, I, there are a lot of things that men do that I aspire to, like that men can be, just be like, like that. Like, yeah, I do her. (laughs) Wow. That you, the, the confidence, the assumption of ranking that, that is necessary to make that kind of comment. Like that's some, that's a, that's a level of confidence. Like I would love to have, would love to have that. I want it. I want it. So yeah, it's uh it's, it's interesting. It's really, it's really interesting. <laughs> In fame, you start off by talking about your not so fondness of memoirs although you said it in a different way, but, and how you just, you were determined not to write a memoir and how the publishing people actually really fought against that. And everybody wanted to make you write a memoir. And it took a while for you to find like the right home for your book. Like, tell me about that. Oh, sure. So first it was finding a book agent. And yeah, like you said, uh, the book agents were like, I mean, at first this was a fame was an academic version and I was, you know, I'd written this long proposal and I was, you know, I, I had begun writing it, of course, and uh, went around and they look at the proposal and stuff. And then they were like, wouldn't you rather write a memoir? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm writing a sociological look at the life cycle of fame, the beginning, the equilibrium, and then the, the fading of it. And then the without, I, that's what the book's about. And they're like, wouldn't you rather write a memoir? <laughs> so I'm like, no. So I kept just meeting different book agents. And finally I met one book agent who goes, Oh, I get what this is. Let's yeah, let's do it. And he's Noam Chomsky's a book agent. And I'm like me and Noam Chomsky. (laughs) Come on. Yes. And then same thing with the publishers. I mean, like I say in the book, you know, went around like big publishing houses and uh, yeah, same, same thing. Wouldn't you rather write a memoir? And I think it's, Look, I'm not, I'm not that, even though I've published two books, I'm not that familiar with like the book business. Like I wasn't in the book business before I didn't see it change. You know, of course I consume, you know, read books, but it seems really hard right now. Like I'm sure they'd rather have something that is, that slides into a particular 
genre that they're accustomed to selling. They, they know what to do with those. They know, know what the book tour is going to look like. They know which outlets do well with memoirs and et cetera. But you're like, you've got like an act, either an academic uh, version of fame or, you know, when I realized in the middle of one of those meetings, like, oh, wow, I need to change the format into more stream of consciousness, more like Hunter S. Thompson, Michael Hare, like kind of direction. And that's what, what it became then with, with that academic version structure underneath it though. Yeah. And then, and then same thing, you know, I met another, I met a publisher who just goes, yeah, I, I get what this is. I, I love it. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, like, I don't even know what I should really have in a publishing contract because my publishers, Johnny Temple at Akashic Books has been like everybody there has been so lovely and so their notes are so in line with what the intent is of the book. So the the notes then just make the book better, you know, instead of making it something else. So I've never had to, I've never had to refer back to the agreement. <laughs> That's and, a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. But then again, if, if you know, if they ever like went away and I had to have another publisher, I, I wouldn't know what I need to have. Whereas there are other situations like in filmmaking where, I have like long list of notes of like, here's what you, you know, but only because I've had like situations where I had to refer back to the agreement and then just went, shit, why don't I have this accommodation, this accommodation, damn it, damn it. Because contracts are for when people lose their minds, not for when everyone's asking reasonably. True. I do think that publishing contracts though are not the same. Like, it's not like you're going to get a private car or like they're not going to put any of that stuff. Oh, no, no. I don't mean things like that. I mean like deadlines, um, approval of the cover art, oh, approval yeah. of the, the blurbs, uh, yes. approval of the, the tour plan, you know, uh, the press. I mean, all, all this kind of stuff that makes like, if I had a different cover, I mean, sure. There, there are a multitude of other covers I could have had, but there's so many covers where they're not in, you know, I say you can tell a book by its cover. I think you can tell the marketing team by the cover, but, but what's inside the book might be really good, but the cover is shitty. Yeah. So you can pick it up or the cover's really great. And you look inside and you're like, Hmm, good marketing campaign. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So were you involved in doing the cover or did you have choices? Or? No, no, I designed the cover of both the books. I went to a plastic surgeon and uh, asked him to give me a consultation and then to mark up my face the way with whatever he was going to do to, if, you know, if I was going into surgery. Yeah. And then my friend, uh, Stephen Myers Dominguez took the picture and uh, he took the author picture as well. Yeah. And then this around here with this kind of font to me suggests you're in a hole and you're being stepped on. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that was the idea behind that. I love it. Well, it came off looking great. It's really awesome. Thank you. I think it matches the content, if you want my humble opinion. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you want, right? You want it to match. <laughs> this is what you're going to get, this kind of style, this kind of message. So, yeah, make it make it easy for the, the reader. Like, what are we diving into, right? So I feel like it's interesting in both face and fame, you're taking things that other people take for granted, right? And you're just, like, stepping back. Like, I feel like you're, like, zooming out, And taking stock of the whole thing, like, okay, here's my face, but let's talk about face and aging. Like, here's my fame, but really I'm more interested in like what makes a person famous or why, what is it giving all the people who who have other famous people to revere and like, why is it like a crush and what is it, what is it doing for them? Right. So Mm -hmm. I feel like you must do this with everything in your life. Like what else do you zoom out and think about like that? That's funny that you say that. No, ever since I was a kid, I've always, you know, I've looked at somebody, looked at somebody and just wondered about like, wow, why did they just stand like that? Or, or I'll look at somebody's clothes, like their sweater and go like, okay, at some point they didn't have that sweater, (laughs) but then did they see that sweater in a picture? And they said, I want to buy that sweater. Or were they just out shopping for sweaters and they found it or were they not shopping for sweaters and they saw it and they're like, you know, in person. And then did they try it on or did they get it immediately? Or if they did try it on, did they try to go like, wow, this makes me look like, you know, fill in the blank. And now every time they put the sweater on, does it make them feel that way? Or did somebody leave that sweater at their house and they wear it because they feel guilty that they're not nice to that friend anymore. And by, you know what I mean? Like there's all, there's so many reasons for everything, or there's this kind of a story behind everything. So yeah, I do trip out on that. Or there's other things like if if science is interesting to anybody, you know, you can really trip out on shit with science. Like, I don't know, cloud formation or, or, the content of the air, or I don't know. You just go like, oh my God, you know that. Or you start thinking about like what's under the streets. Yeah. Systems that are under the streets. And if you've ever played like a Sims game or something, we have to set up a world, you know, the infrastructure under the streets. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff. Or like, if you look, if you're in a flower store and you just look at all the different flowers, if it was your job to come up with different flowers, would you have come up with all these combinations of, I mean, some of them are just crazy, <laughs> crazy. Like, 
you know, the I forget all the names of the of flower parts, but let's just the centerpieces that have the pollen on them. Okay. I know somebody's gonna put in the comments. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not, you know. But that there's some flowers where at the tip of each one of those little, you know, long pieces, there's another little flower at the at the top of each one of those. <laughs> Just is it like, called a, is it called a stamen or did I just totally make that word up? I think I might have just made that up. Well, anyway, whatever it doesn't matter. Right? That might be right. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. it's crazy. But yeah, I do, and I and I love like I love learning about little pockets of our society, like the rodeo circuit. I dated someone who's a rodeo cowboy once, and and um, that whole that's a whole society, a whole world. I love how you just threw that in. I mean, that could be a whole oh. book in and of, in and of itself. Dang, your rodeo anyway, keep going. My private life. So. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, there's so many things. I mean, I could go on and on and on about. I was just at a Chanel fashion show that my friend works at Chanel, and so that's how I got an invite. <laughs> I think it's pretty hard to get those invites. And I was talking to these women who collect Chanel clothes and you know accessories and purses and everything, and it was really interesting. Like. They eat, they're like curators of these little, these little tiny museums. You know what I mean? Of all these like really beautiful, beautifully constructed, you know, they're like, it's like being a car collector or something, you know, when you're collecting something like that, 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 that's that well-made and has that kind of history. And yeah, I love pockets of, which I mean, which is good news for me as a screenwriter. Cause I, I love doing research. Like I'm writing a script right now where um, the research was pretty interesting in the, into the uh, influencer world. Oh, that sounds um, good. Yeah. Then the research was really interesting. Have you listened to Joe Piazza's podcast, Under the Influence? Mm-hmm. You, should, you, should, you should listen to it. It's really, it's really good. She goes sort of underground and like finds all these influencers and does a whole podcast. And I remember listening to it when I had COVID and like in like my haze. I was like, Oh, that's cool. I'd like to know it. Maybe I should apply. You know, this is a couple of years ago. I was like, this sounds fun. And then like totally forgot about it. And then months later I get some email, like, congratulations. You've been excited. I was like, what? I was like, Oh my gosh. Was that when I was listening to Joe's podcast? <laughs> oh, you applied? I applied. So now I have, a, now I'm a, now I have a thing. I don't know. Really but you too are an infomercial. I, I am. I am an influencer. I, I am. Yeah. yeah <laughs> everyone's a salesman. And by the way, I saw this sweater in a store when I was not shopping. And I was like, that's cute. And I did not try it on. But I always remember it because I was walking around with my husband that day. And I remember exactly where I was and how it was a beautiful sunny summer day. And I think back and remember that wonderful moment every time I wear my sweater. And you are you are a collection of all the books you've read. Yes. Your sweater and its multitude of colors is a collection of everything behind you. That's true. I match today. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What's coming next for you? What, what's the next exciting thing? Um, We're casting right now the film version of face. So face short stories. So I adapted 14 of them and I'd love to do a, a series after the film that does the films, the rest of them. That would be cool. So that's coming together right now. And I'm also, like I said, writing that script, that influencer script. And then I have a bunch of other scripts that I'm, you know, are in varying stages of inching forward. But it's really a process, you know, every film, every film, every book, every song. I mean, well, I don't know that much about the music world, but like a lot of work went into not only the project itself, 
but getting it made, I mean, it's a, it's a long slog. You know, sometimes you see these people, you know, accepting Oscars and they say, you know, they're like, oh, you know, wiping the tears away. They're like, this took 10 years to make. And, you know, not that many people can relate to it unless you've had to do that yourself. Imagine you just like hammer at it like every day, every day, every day. I guess sometimes it could be two steps forward, one step back. But my my experience with film producing is that it's it's not two steps forward, one step back. It's half a step forward and then a quarter step forward and then half a step forward and a half a step forward. And you're just like, why is this taking so long? <laughs> but, you know, it's it's worth it. I mean, I really don't have any choice. This is my path, you know. Well, at least you got into the very speedy world of book publishing as a as a backstop. Well, that, I mean, yeah, and that one too. I mean, at least that one, I guess because I'm, you know, I have like a great situation with, with my publisher and my agent. That one just is like a, a tremendously long lead time. You know, mm-hmm. yes. it's like, yes. great, we got it. You know, we've gone, we've gone back and forth and back and forth and I'm getting it in, in, you know, in shape editorially and it'll be released in a year. You know, it's like yes. that, yes. is that kind of, you're like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll start the press in six months or, you know, so long lead time, but, but it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. I mean, and I would, you know, for whatever it's worth, I would say to anybody who's making something you know, whether it's a, a book or a film or a song or whatever, it's like, I would say be mindful of, of compromising because, I mean, if somebody's, you know, and this is actually a quote from my brother, Jason, he, I was telling him about some notes someone gave me on my script and I'm like, I'm like, this is just so like, it's like they didn't read this. Like they gave notes on the script without even reading it. Like they don't even understand what it's about for them to have given a note like this. And he said, there are two kinds of notes notes that make your your film better or your book or whatever and notes that just make it different. Mm. So I would say like if you're trying to accommodate or maybe it's not even notes to say but it's like if you're trying to please the majority of people if you're trying to make it a bestseller if you're trying to do this you're trying to do that and you know you are sacrificing the true direction that the book or the film wants to be. You may think you have one problem in that, you know, maybe your film or your book isn't going to be a bestseller or something, right? But if you if you betray the project, you will you then potentially have two problems. Maybe you still won't it still won't be some, you know, New York Times best on uh, bestseller list and you put a project out there that is not only not indicative of your work, but a betrayal of what you knew the project was supposed to be. And to me, I just think creatively, like it's almost unethical creatively. Mm-hmm. You know absolutely what a project needs to be. And then if you betray that and send out something that's like half-baked. Yeah. I mean, if you're an artist, you know, if you're if you're somebody that, if you're somebody who's like not, and you're like, an accountant or whatever, and you're, you're just putting a book out there, you know, have at it. But if you're an artist and you, you have a feel for it and you betray it, don't do it. You, and you have to live with that for the rest of your life. Cause it's going to be out there for the rest, not only the rest of your life, it's going to be out there forever. And you will never have delivered the thing that you were sort of charged with delivering. I love yeah. that. No pressure. 
for anyone. But yeah. Anyway, I'm kidding. Oh, no, way, I know. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I guess the pressure would be like, you know, just deal with your fear. Like, oh no, I'm afraid it's not going to be a big success. Which odds are, I mean, what do you consider a big success? Right. If you're faithful to that project and you get it out yep. the way you know it needs to get out, that's massive success. Agreed. Agreed. But if you're just eyeing like, oh, I want to make sure I sell, you know, 20,000 copies in the first week or something. I don't know. To me, that's not an accomplishment. This was so much fun. Thank you. I had a really good time. Thanks for talking about face and fame. And maybe the next one will be clothes, maybe not hair, but I don't know. I'm going to follow. And I, I want more of these bird's eye views on, on things we all think about every day. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Violet is about the fear that, that causes you to make decisions that take you off track. So there's, there's one there. And then the third book is going to be about my experience of going to college as a freshman at 46. So like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> exactly like Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. So cool. I can't wait to read. Well, thank you for the time and, uh, and all of it. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.